You're listening to Focus on the Bible. This old world in which we live is sure in a mess. What does this world need more than anything else? If you could give this world at the pull of a switch one thing, what would it be? Today on Focus on the Bible, I want to put up two very popular answers to that question, and I'm going to debunk them as the thing the world does not need today, and then we'll talk about the real thing. First of all, if you ask an average person, what would you give the world, probably the number one answer would be peace. We want to have peace in the world, and certainly what we see on the news with the invasion of Russia into Ukraine, uh, we'd like to settle that business, wouldn't we, so that no more killing could happen. And yet, friend, there's a problem with giving peace to the world. We're not ready for it. We're in no condition to maintain peace in the world, even if we had it. My friend Wayne graduated from Bible college and went out to a study in a master's program in Christian counseling. He told me that he loved that program and he hated it. He told me the reason he hated it was those groups that they had to form and they would discuss various things and lay their souls bare to one another. And he told me that in one of those groups, they asked this very question, what would you give the world if you could offer it one thing? He said, Freddie, I was so disappointed that at a Christian university, Seven out of ten of us wished for world peace. He said, I was disappointed because they should know better than that as Christians. They ought to know that this world was never going to have peace until the Prince of Peace is here. And I was really disappointed they wasted their wish on world peace. I said, Wayne, what did you wish for? He said, a Harley. Now I want to tell you today, friend, that probably a Harley-Davidson motorcycle would have done my buddy a lot more good than world peace because it would have lasted a while. World peace cannot last, even if it could be granted. I stake my answer on what the Word of God says in Romans chapter 3. Verse 17 says, In the way of peace have they not known. There's a reason for that. There's a reason why at any given time there's roughly about a hundred different wars going on in the world. Often they don't make the kind of headlines as Russia makes when it invades its neighbor, but generally people just don't get along. And there's a reason why man has never known the way of peace. It goes like this, Romans chapter 3 and verse 12. They are all gone out of the way. They're together become unprofitable There's none that doeth good, no, not one. Their throat is an open sepulcher. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. So do you get the general idea? Friend, people are not going to have peace with one another because people are lost from God. Naturally, we are sinners, and there's none that are doing good, not a one. We are so selfish, left alone from God. Our throats, Paul says, are like open sepulchers. That means a grave. Now, in Jesus' day, the Pharisees would whitewash the outsides of their tombs. Jesus had problems with those warring people. 
He said, you whitewash the outside of those family tombs, but on the inside are dead men's bones. And that's the way you are. You look so nice on the outside, and isn't it still true today? We do the hair jobs. We do the facial jobs. We try and make ourselves look as best as we can. And yet we can't hide what the Bible says, the root of our problem. We're sinners. Our very hearts are darkened with sin. Jeremiah 17, 9 says, The heart of man is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Therefore, we don't have peace in the world. Verse 14 says, Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness, their feet are swift to shed blood. And so from the mouth on our head all the way down to the bottom of our feet, we are corrupted away from peace that we could have if we knew the truth of God. Verse 16, therefore, says destruction and misery are in their ways, and the way of peace have they not known. Our sinful attitudes and our sinful nature has brought us to the honesty of what we have in the world today, destruction and misery. It commands our headlines in the papers, and it troubles the human heart when we go to bed at night. Why can there be no peace in the world? Because man himself is at war against the truth of God. So, friend, even if we could give peace to all nations of the world, that would be about the equivalent of locking three roosters into a small chicken coop. They'll kill one another. They just don't want to get along because it's their very nature to fight one against the other. We're even troubled inside so much that we even fight against God. Just watch them march against the truth of God. Let a 17-year-old valedictorian work so hard that she earns the spot at the top of her class so that she can speak at a high school graduation. Let her offer a scripture from the Bible. Let her make a prayer to God and watch those who hate the truth of God squabble. It's as though the worst thing that we could ever have would be a 17-year-old girl speaking the truth about the love of God. So I'm going to eliminate peace as the thing that the world really needs because the world's not ready for peace and the world couldn't handle peace and the world couldn't keep the peace because man's need is far more fundamental than that you give him peace. Well, the number two answer that a lot of people would rush to is they would say, we need law. We need law. We need law and order. We need more laws on the books. Too many people are misbehaving. Too many people are making trouble. So we need law or we need more laws. Well, here in Romans chapter 3, Paul the Apostle talks about law. And law is not our answer. Law is not the answer of the human heart of sin. Not more laws either. No, law is not our answer. Romans 3 and verse 19 Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore by the deeds of the law there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. Do you know that law cannot make people behave? 
Now, law is not given to show how good people can be. Law is given to show who is disobedient and bad. You'll probably never in your lifetime have a state trooper pull you over to give you a nice cash prize or a reward for how well you're driving. Now, when you see that blue light or red light or purple light, flashing light, whatever light you see behind you, you can go ahead and count it that you are not going to be blessed by the law. You're going to lose, probably lose a fine, the price of money. And hopefully that will be a reminder that the next time you ought to do better, but the law cannot make people do good. That's why Paul the Apostle said, by the law is the knowledge of sin. You could write all the laws in the world, and it wouldn't make people come to peace with God because people at heart are lawbreakers. It's so disappointing to know that in so many churches, people are leaving those doors on Sunday afternoon still thinking that if they could just obey enough of the Ten Commandments, they could make it to God. But it's just not true. Those who trust in their obedience to the Ten Commandments will find one day they don't even get to speak for themselves before the throne of God. The Bible here says that every mouth may be stopped and all the world may become guilty before God. The word guilty here is a Greek word, hupotikos. It means already under sentence. We're already under sentence as lawbreakers before the throne of God. Law or more law is not what we need to make this world a better place because lawbreakers don't need more law to try and correct their ways. We are sinners by nature and set apart from God and order and peace. What this world needs, friend, today is the righteousness of God. We need righteousness, not man's righteousness, because we know that's tainted, don't we? Doesn't the Bible tell us what most people know, that all our righteousnesses are like filthy rags? Man's righteousness is tainted by man's nature. We're sinners. And even when we attempt to do good, we might impress one another, but we don't impress God because our very hearts are darkened by sin and the nature we have as set apart from God. We need God's righteousness, friend, today. We need God's righteousness in the world. And thankfully, we have good news. God's given us the Bible to tell us how to be righteous in God's eyes. It's not by human work, human goodness. It's not by our giving or building. It's not by our attempts to obey the law. It's by faith in Jesus Christ. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. He came into this world to seek and save that which was lost. He came into a world that's never had peace on its own, that couldn't maintain peace. He's come into a world that for most of its existence has had plenty of laws and yet has never been able to obey. He came into that world because he so loved it. He came into that world to seek those who are lost and to save them. 
Saving this old world required ultimately that Jesus Christ would pay for sin that wasn't his. It was ours. But he loved the world that much. He made the world. He loved the world. He put order into the cosmos. You know the word cosmos actually means order, set in order. And that's what he did. This whole universe is a timepiece And it works so beautifully, but go to the little blue planet and you'll find that where the humans are, they've corrupted themselves in sin. And Jesus Christ came to that little blue planet to seek and save that which was lost. He knew that we could never make it back to God by obeying the law. He knew that we were lawbreakers. In fact, he gave us the law just to show us how far from God we were. But the good news is that he came to make us near to God. He came that we could be saved, that we could have everlasting life, that we could be connected with God right now in these dark times. Let me read to you Romans chapter 3 and verse 21. This is what this old world needs. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe. For there's no difference, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And so the good news is that we could have this righteousness of God. It actually belongs to Jesus Christ. By nature, He is holy God. But it says here that it could be ours. He would give it to us, this righteousness of God. Since we could never earn it ourselves, He makes it a free gift to us. He paid for all our sin. Now we could have His righteousness by believing in Him. It's God's righteousness. It could never be tainted. It would never spoil. It would be as pure today as it's ever been, the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And the only way that we could have it is through faith alone in Christ alone. Did you note here, he says, it's unto all. There are none that have sinned too much. Any could have it, and it'll be yours if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Thanks for joining us for Focus on the Bible. For questions or comments about this episode or another biblical topic, you can mail us at Focus Ministries, P.O. Box 498, Danielsville, Georgia, 30633. For more information about our ministry, you can visit our website, www.freddycoyle.org. That's F-R-E-D-D-I-E. C-O-I-L-E dot org. This is Focus on the Bible.